If you're someone who has a passion for cut flowers, our environment, and wants to make the world more beautiful, you're in the right place. Whether you're growing flowers for pleasure or profit, I'm on a mission to empower flower enthusiasts and professionals to help change the world around them. Whether you're just starting out and need a helping hand, or are looking to scale a substantial flower business, I'm your cut flower woman. Welcome to the Cut Flower Podcast. So I am delighted today to welcome Ashley Edwards over to the podcast. Um, And I came uh, across Ashley in a roundabout way, really. Um, I met a head gardener somewhere else I was doing some wedding flowers at, and she mentioned Ashley. And also, I had done a podcast with Dr. Olivia Chappell a couple of weeks before, which was all about Horatio's Gardens. So the two really came together, and I thought, I know what we should do. We should get somebody over, like a head gardener, who can really tell us what it's really like on the ground. So Ashley works as a head gardener at Horatio's Garden in Stanmore, which for me is one of the probably best-known orthopedic hospitals in the UK and certainly the world. Um, If I was thinking orthopedic... Um, I would think of Stanmore. So your background's really impressive because I've been delving into it, Ashley. I found a queue. I found Strawberry Hill. I found Longwood Gardens in the US. I found you working in Sicily. I found you all over the place. So what an eclectic mix and what an eclectic background. Tell us about your background. Tell us how you got to where you are and what you're up to today. Yeah, sure. Well, it's great to be on the show. Thank you for having me. And um yeah, I was I I always had an interest in gardening from a young age. My uh, neighbour who lived downstairs, we didn't have a garden when I was a kid, but my neighbour who lived downstairs used to let me come into the garden and sow seeds and um, chase slugs out of the garden and things like that. And really, in, I really enjoyed just being outside and observing things. I was very inquisitive and I wanted to see insects up close, and um, I was really interested in plants as well and how they grew but yeah it wasn't until I was you know 16 I started working at a garden center and wanted to learn more about the plants and that's when I started my training really so um, I started with you know the RHS level two um well I did my MBQ before that um then did my RHS level two then I ended up at Kew Gardens and I did a diploma in horticulture there so that was a three-year course um and that's when I, after when I graduated, I, I received a scholarship to go on the uh, RHS and GCA Interchange Fellowship, which is a program that sends an, a, an English student, a student from the UK, over to America and vice versa. And so I, then I worked at Longwood Gardens, which is a huge public garden in Pennsylvania. Learned a lot about horticulture there. And it was a completely different kind of um, ethic to Q, which is a botanic garden this was very much a display garden and they used a lot of big machinery and stuff like that so that was really interesting yeah and then I came back and then I went away again after a year in London to Sicily where I worked at a cooking school where they taught traditional wow. Sicilian dishes, which was great so I ate a lot of food and drank a lot of wine yeah. as well <laughs> and then yeah and also learned a lot about Mediterranean plants and seeing them growing in their own environment was really interesting to me um yeah oh. 
Mm. Interesting. So I think your Mediterranean garden could be quite useful. Yeah, well, that would be, yeah. I mean, we had lots of fruit trees on the, on the, in the garden there. We had pomegranates and um, figs, lots of figs. Um, but yeah, that was, it was a really interesting experience. And I got to teach students how to grow their own vegetables. So it was like farm to table ethics. That was really fun. And then, yeah, and then I got a job back in, Twic uh, I came back, I came to Twickenham to be gardener in charge at Strawberry wow. Hill House in Twickenham, which is a really beautiful uh, Gothic uh, manor house built in the 1700s with a kind of English landscape garden. So that was really fun and interesting. And then I ended up here at Horatia's Garden. So I'm head gardener here at Horatia's Garden, uh, London and South East. So we cover a huge area across London and also a massive area in the southeast and we get um people come here from all over yeah so um my job is you know managing the garden and the volunteers but also um nurturing the space and talking a lot with patients and also delivering garden therapy sessions so it's a great mixture of gardening and working with people which is what i, love. I was gonna say so, working with yeah, volunteers I, I have in my past um worked at Ironbridge Gorge Museum Trust, which is a charity, and a charitable trust with lots of volunteers. You have to, you know, I mean, you know, you're a leader, you're, you're leading the whole thing, and they're volunteers, and they are volunteering their time, but there's, it's still quite organised, and you, you're still, it's a, still a massive team of people to organise, um, because a job has to get done, doesn't it? It's kind of like, it's quite challenging. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, um, and yeah, with, well, yeah, our volunteers are amazing. They're absolutely amazing. And we couldn't run the garden without them. Um, but, yeah, you do have challenges with volunteers who don't have employees. So, you know, people do go away on a holiday and, like, their own life. How dare they? But, yeah, they, they, you know, so it can be unpredictable sometimes who you're going to have in when. But um, here, you know, I've got um, the garden administrator, Tracy. She keeps everything, uh, keeps on top of everything. And it's great because, you know, we're very organised and, we generally know exactly who, how many people we've got coming in, and um, and yeah, it works really well because everybody has their own unique skills, and it's really nice to be able to match people up to different jobs. And we have gardeners, but we also have people who are really good at just at, you know baking cakes or coming in to clean um, all the buildings in the garden and keep everything nice and tidy because it's just really important that everything looks its best at all times because for the patients but also for their visitors you know to come in and see a nice yeah. space that's really important yeah i'm us. going to um yeah. uh dr olivia chapel invited me up to sheffield when it opens so i'm really Great. looking forward to that to just to get sort of in there and see what's going on and you know we've been supporting the charity mm. for a while and i find it all really really interesting and mm. just the whole i find that whole garden therapy and health and well-being and the proof of being outdoors massively interesting anyway and and how I can incorporate that in my life going forwards in terms of you know retreats or therapy or you know whether that's I don't know for, for me it would be um, adolescents probably um, who have addiction issues so whether that's drugs or anorexia or bulimia or something because it's an area I know a bit about to invite them to just get outside because they tend to be younger and they tend not to be outside and then so I, I've got this sort of like in the back of my mind always this driver which says you know you need to be doing this you need to be doing that so somewhere in my future I'm hoping that I'll be able to give something back um, in that way but garden therapy I think is really interesting 
well, it's powerful. You know, gardens are powerful, and they're often people that have, that have been here say that the garden for them has been transformative. It really has during their stay here, as, as a, after a life changing injury, really does transform people's lives because they're able to get out, and it gives some people the drive to, you know, push themselves to do the best they can in their recovery. So. They're there a long time. I mean, some people can be... Do you want to talk about Horatio's charity? A lot of people won't know what it does and uh, how many spinal units and gardens there are. Yeah. Perhaps just talk about it so people, our listeners will know. I know what it is. I think it's fantastic. But, yeah, and transformative, absolute transformative. But if you just let us know what Horatio's Gardens does. Yeah, so we're a national charity and we build gardens that are fully accessible and they are spaces of sanctuary and they're all built at NHS spinal injury centres. So we currently have six gardens and um, the aim of the charity is to have one at every spinal unit across the country and there's 11 spinal units across the country, NHS spinal units. Um, the, the charity is named Horatio's Garden. It's named after Horatio Chapel, who uh, was a young man who had a very forward-thinking vision um he was um working or uh, volunteering at Salisbury at the spinal unit there and he had the idea and the vision that patients really needed a space to go outside of the ward contemplate what's happened after the injury and just have that space in nature and so um uh, tragically he lost, lost his life um on a school trip um when he was 17. Remember it yeah yeah very tragic um but you know after his death there was a big outpouring of support and love and the money that was raised from that built the first ever Horatius garden at Salisbury and um yeah it kind of changed so many people's lives and people really saw what a difference it made that since then it's you know grown more and more and Dr Olivia Chapel um Horatius mother and the founder of the charity really drives the charity forward and um, yeah, it's just an, an amazing ambassador for um, garden therapy and um, the effect of gardens on mental health for, for people. Yeah, I've of... seen the charity grow over the years for sure, and we support it too in what we do. But mm-hmm. I've seen it, you know, I went to one of their concerts, I think in Kensington actually, which was amazing. And I've supported the charity as well with some of the work we do. But I've seen it, and you know, even the website, which had a revamp and merchandise yeah. and so on, I can see it's, yeah. you know, really motoring because in mm-hmm. order to get 11 gardens across spinal units takes a lot of income and so you've oh, yeah. got to raise a lot of money yeah um, the garden costs a lot to to build because you often have to deal with surfaces that are uneven and for wheelchair users it's very important to have a flat surface and we use really high quality materials um so that they last longer but also that you know it's it has to look beautiful and be functional so all of this costs a lot of money and then uh on top of that, you've got the running costs. So um, gardens cost around £90,000 a year to keep going. That's with, you know, employing a head gardener and uh, a garden administrator and usually um, maybe, a, maybe a trainee or arts assistant, plus all of the running costs yeah. to maintain the garden, but also with patient workshops and things like that. So, you know, that's all money that we raise and we rely upon fundraising events donations you know we have to make this money ourselves it doesn't come from the nhs yeah it's a real shame and also it's difficult to build in a garden because hospitals were never built were they 
I mean, I look at my local hospital and I think, gosh, where would they put one if they needed to put one? You'd find the space, but it's challenging to put it in. And also, where do you put it? And what does it look like? And what do you grow? Because you need 12 months of the year. And and how do you do that? I, I think you've got the most challenging job in the world, actually, because it's it's here. It's easy. I'm a cut flower farmer. It's we close in the winter. You know, we don't need to worry about January. But you need to worry all year round. And it's quite challenging. Yeah. What do you grow? What? How do you manage it? What do you do? Yeah, I mean, the patients, you know, patients turn up all times of year. So you're right. I mean, it has there has to be interest here all year round. And that's where the designers come in. I mean, our garden was designed by Tom Stuart Smith. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he's, you know, an amazing award-winning designer, very thoughtful planting and loose, quite loose, airy planting. Um, really, really beautiful and lots of different texture. So play playing on texture of leaves and shades of green. Yeah. Um, so even when it's not flowering, you've still got this lovely play on texture. And I think that's something that people really notice in the garden. Um, so yeah, even in the winter, I mean, we have we do have things like hellebores, snowdrops. Um, we have uh, daphnes and things like this that will provide some interest through winter. But really, the structure is just really lovely. And so in the winter, I leave you know all the herbaceous stuff standing, so you've still got nice structure in the garden, and yeah. you get frost and you get cobwebs and things, and it looks lovely in fog. Um, and then February kind of cut everything back. And um, then you get a nice fresh spring growth. But yeah, it's it does look attractive. It's different. It's not like it is in summer. It's like a completely different garden. But that's yeah. part of the interest in it, really, to see it throughout every season. Yeah, yeah, no, it's really interesting. Hmm, I'm just thinking of all the different seasons and what it could look like. Can't wait. Yeah, well, spring is amazing because we have tons of bulbs. So you know, that's another really great time of year. Um, all the tulips and alliums and all sorts. Love spring. Mm, I think spring is about. Stay with us. We'll be right back. A small business. Do reels get you reeling? Is SEO just a three letters put together? Content planning something you know you should be doing, but just never get round to it. Do join our growth club online. What is it? It's a supported community. It's all about growing your business. It provides trainings and guest speakers join us every month. Is it time to work on your business and not in it? The link for more information is in the show notes. Regrowth and new life, isn't it? So going out and seeing that is quite... Yeah. Yeah, I can see why it's transformative. I can absolutely see why it is. Yeah. Yeah, people often reflect on that, you know, and people see themselves in the plants and they'll know they'll they'll see something growing and they might kind of um yeah, they can relate to those plants sometimes. Tell us about your average day then, Ashley. What's your average day look like? My average day is usually very busy. <laughs> um it's it's we usually have uh, maybe five to six volunteers on a day today. And so um, I, I normally, at the beginning of the week, I'll kind of do a walk around and see what, what's, what's changing, what needs doing in the garden. I'll write all the jobs on our board. Um, and then I will delegate the jobs out. 
and work alongside the volunteers, which is really always really lovely. And then, I mean, it changes really from day to day. So we could have visits from funders coming in. We could have a corporate group coming in to do work with us. Um, we could have um, a painting workshop, which we have regularly. We've got music in the garden. So it's always some sort of event happening every week. And then on top of that, I do garden therapy workshops. So I'll work one-to-one with patients and we'll do some wow. gardening together. So tabletop gardening. And sometimes it's just going around the garden together and just checking it out really and seeing what's around. And people might have lots of plant questions. We do get keen gardeners that come in and want to know about plants in the garden they've never seen before. So that's always really lovely. But yeah, usually very busy. I spend a lot, quite a lot of time talking to people really because that's what it's all about you know talking to patients in the garden explaining what you know what plants are in the garden and why we've chosen them and just um having a chat because the staff the hospital staff are so busy they run off their feet and so you don't get so much conversation there because they you know they're just really really busy all day long yeah they don't have time um and um, with nursing shortages and stuff, you know, that, that makes it even more just difficult. But in the garden, you know, the volunteers, they have a lot of time and they can chat. And and that's great. I think the patients really love that. that um, they can come out, have a cup of tea, have a chat that's not medical, you know, not have to speak about um, the injury. Just a nice, normal yeah. chat. Just get some reality yeah. or just some nice, like just yeah. say, just something away from medical. No, no, no. We'll just kind of forget that you're in hospital for a while and people do say that when they're in the garden they they kind of forget that they're in hospital which is yeah it is because hospitals are built like 1970s 1980s big concrete buildings i mean i can't remember when stanmore itself was built but it, i remember going i remember going in the 70s yeah. to see someone at school who was in there so gosh it must be 50s probably um yeah i'm not sure when the spiny unit was built it's a massive site yeah, it it's is. huge so there's, it was a Victorian hospital originally, and it was a hospital for tuberculosis because it was outside of London, up on a hill where there was always fresh air. But yeah, obviously they've added lots of bits onto it now. I'm not, I'm not actually sure when they built the spinal unit, but the spinal unit here is actually quite nice because it's one oh, story. Yeah. So everyone, yeah, everyone has access from their room straight mm. into the garden, which is amazing. People are in and out, and there's no thresholds. We've, you know, it's been designed so that people can come out unaided. You can get whole beds out into the garden, which is really important. So people on bed rest who can be on bed rest for at least six weeks, but a lot of the time more than that can be brought out into the garden just to get some fresh air and sunshine. Um, and yeah, that's a huge mood booster, really. Um, and yeah, so it is, it is a very accessible ward. Um, and it means that we get to know people really well because we see them all the time, mm. which is really nice. So what's been your biggest challenge then over there? What do you think your biggest challenge is? Um, I'd say the biggest challenge is, um, I think in the beginning it was kind of realising, I knew very little about spinal injury when I first started. And so it was learning about spinal, spinal injury and realize that everybody's needs are so different and you know people even even down to the wheelchairs like the wheelchair heights can be completely different if you're in a power chair you're often much higher up um and also 
how the injuries really affect people in different ways. So some people will have, you know, the higher your injury, usually the more, um, maybe the less mobility you'll have. But yeah, some people can't, you know, lift their shoulders, but they might be able to use their arms. So it's like really, you have to be really adaptive. And I think um, it was a learning curve and um, had to kind of be very adaptive and let people do it for themselves. I think like your instinct is to help people, but actually it's about a person being independent and doing whatever they can. And, you know, if they ask for help, obviously you help them. But yeah, it's it's kind of standing back and guiding, but not kind of taking over. So I think yeah, that, that that was, a, yeah, yeah, it's, it was having that balance. But I think I've got it down now. <laughs> but yeah, it's at the beginning, at the beginning, like I had this urge to kind of, as a gardener, you know, you get quite particular about things and how they should be done. Yeah. And I think I had to really let go of that. And if something's been planted wonky, that's absolutely fine. If, you know, the seeds aren't quite deep enough, you know, let's go with it and see what happens. You just kind of have to let let go. Yeah, yeah. I think that's one thing a job teaches exactly. you to is that life isn't perfect. You know, there are things no, out exactly. of your control, like, nat- like weather yeah. is out of your control. Yeah. Nature's out yeah, of your yeah. control. What eats it is out of your control. Yeah. And I think that maybe that's the biggest lesson for us all, that we are out of control and that's okay. And we just let it go on. Yeah. I yeah, worry yeah. about weeds. I worry about weeds and now I've decided to call it rewilding areas. There you go. It's just re <laughs> yeah. we just have to rebrand it. Fine. <laughs> it's all, all there to be everything. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. So what do you think in your career are you most proud of, Ashley? Um I think uh, I mean uh, I've I'm very proud of this of what we've created here because I started with the garden so I've been here since ah. the beginning and so I, I helped to plant it and worked alongside the designers you know planting it which was really exciting and then building the volunteer team and becoming established making connections with the ward staff so we're really you know we have great communication with the ward um and yeah just creating a really beautiful sanctuary really that um has a great atmosphere about it and the team are so lovely you know we've got a lovely volunteer team and it just creates a really positive atmosphere and and when I when I'm here late in the evenings or early in the mornings and I see people just chilling out on their own in the garden uh that makes me feel really proud because I'm like you know we've created the space for them and and people are really enjoying it and getting the most out of it and so yeah, I feel quite proud about that, and and I and in general, I feel quite proud to be a head gardener because growing up, I didn't really see anyone like me no. in positions. <laughs> so I just never really thought it was for me, and I didn't even in the beginning really think horticulture in general was for people like me. So I'm quite proud that I, you know, went with my passion and I've ended up where That's I am. Amazing, because yeah. when you did it, there wasn't. There wasn't huge amounts of social media and huge amounts of young people getting involved in horticulture, and that's changing because internet is definitely doing yeah. that. But before that, you didn't have your career advisor who said, "Why don't you be a horticulturalist and do the RHS exams?" No. That would have been like, "What?" Um, no, never, never. It was never ever mentioned at school. No, ever. No. 
And I think, and you know, I, think I, that's, I mean, we had a, another student working for us and he went off to study maths at uni after working here since he was 16 and he went off to uni to study maths and we went, oh, you don't want to do maths, you want to do horticulture. And off he went. And he came home at the Christmas and he said, I hate it. I absolutely hate it because I need to be outdoors. And then he went back in the January and said, oh, I've swapped to economics. I said, it's even worse. So we came back at the Easter. I said, now what? He said, well, I've decided to do archaeology because I can be outside. Oh. And that was interesting because from going from, because none, when he was a, went to his careers advisor, even now, they wouldn't have said, why don't you be an archaeologist? Yeah, it was yeah. quite interesting. There's so many yeah. jobs to do. Yeah, and I mean, horticulture itself is a massive industry and there's so many different roles you could do. You can work in a, a nursery, growing plants, or you could work in conservation, or you could be in the labs, you know, studying plants. So you could be a head gardener. So, you know, it's so varied. There's kind of a job for everyone, really. So it's, it needs to be promoted yeah, more. Yeah, massive industry, I think. Absolutely yeah. massive. I hope, you know, that... I, I try and be like the person that I would have liked to have seen when I was yeah. younger. So it sounds a bit cheesy, but that's yeah. what I like to, that's what I hope to be. And, you know, I think more, and, and Instagram does help with that because I've found um, a whole community there that I wouldn't have found yeah. anywhere else. Um, so that's, that's really great. And being on things, you know, being on like, now, now I'm a GQT panelist. That's a, that was a really big thing for me be able to be part of that and and kind of reach a wider audience and that's been really a really nice experience to go to the live shows and meet audiences and you know you get great positive feedback you're very modest and, you um, managed to tuck that in at the end you didn't mention that yeah. very modest. <laughs> no i enjoy doing that yeah garden crushes garden's question time it's fun um and we always get really interested in questions in the audience are quite funny and they come up with some um jokey ones as well which is always a laugh and the panelists and the team are so nice like the panelists i was really intimidated obviously to know that i'd be next to people like yeah. um greenwood and james wong and like but everyone is so sweet and lovely so it's a really nice team to work i with. went to the one in milton Keynes. i think it was last summer yeah and we had and they do uh, obviously record two episodes at once and it was really interesting to see it from a yeah. um, just sort of a viewer point of view about how it was edited and what they did. And oh, we'll just stop there and we'll start. Again. It was really well managed, stage managed. And from a production yeah, point yeah. of view, I thought it was amazing. And, and yeah. then how they get the questions and how they ask the questions. Obviously, it's not going to be something completely random that's useless to everybody. Um, yeah, yeah. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really interesting. And, and you really don't get to see the... I thought I thought maybe we'd get to see the questions, but no. we don't. You, you don't get to see they. You know, everyone writes their questions down an hour, an hour before the show, and then the editors choose what they're gonna. You know, who's gonna get to ask their question? But um, we don't see them You've at all. You've got to be good at. Oh, uh, I'm not really sure about that. No. So, what do you think? It's moving it across. <laughs> well, yeah, I know how to pass things on from don't. <laughs> you'll get. I mean, you'll get questions which you won't know the answer to. There isn't. You don't know every single plant in the world. You don't know every single pest in the world. You don't know every single growing condition in the world. No, exactly, and you, yeah, you can say, yeah. well, I think it might be this. And in, in my opinion, it could be this. But it's, I, I found the whole thing really fascinating. That, like you say, mm. they're a great panel. And it was, it was entertaining, really entertaining. It is. No, it's nice. It's always nice to do that. So you're going to do more of that, Ashley? Yeah, I've been doing it for about a year now, or maybe over a year. 
um yeah over a year now so I've done a few live shows I started in I started during the lockdown so the first ones I did were all um post bag editions and then we did them on zoom actually at the beginning and then once you know restrictions um were loosened we could meet back up again so yeah it's been nice to go go to other gardens and do them post bag editions from other gardens but also have the live audiences and so I, I was on on the radio actually last week on Friday on that episode um at the fly army flying museum so that was a good one um and yeah i'll be back on there in september so where do people follow um, you yeah. ashley where where are you hiding out in your green model um, you can you can find me on instagram and my um my my instagram is called plants for well-being that's f-o-r not not the number four so plants for well-being um yeah so i post on there i post I post quite a lot about Horatio's garden, so you can see what the garden looks like this time of year. And I also do general um, gardening well-being posts, and I, I do um, put my links up for GQT and stuff like that. So yeah, it's amazing. So you, you see it all under. Oh, right. and also I think the most interesting thing for me is that you do not come from a horticultural background, and you didn't grow up with somebody teaching you about the garden and our grandma that had huge mm. space and you could go and plant seeds and spend the summer there. You just basically went and learned planting some seeds with a neighbor. Yeah. 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 Really yeah. Inspirational. Well, I was, I think, yeah, I think that as they say, like planted the seeds. So like being able to be in the garden and enjoy outdoor space and my, my family, you know, my mom and my nan and my aunt, and my dad growing up, they did encourage that and, you know, took me out to wild places and we'd go to like Richmond Park or Kew Gardens even as a kid, which I found like very, it was like going to a theme park for me. Yeah, you know? planted that and, seed, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. I just never, I never thought I'd be, end up working at Kew. I thought, you know, that's totally out of my uh... reach. But then I ended up working and I was like, well, you know, things can happen. So what next, Ashley? Any other plans? What next? Um, Garner's World. Or I mean, <laughs> Garner's World would be great. Yeah, if anyone's listening, get me on Garner's World. Well, I will, we did record. Yeah, I think that, um, well, watch the space. Ah. <laughs> so you have to follow you on Instagram what? to find out what you're doing next. Yeah. It's a big reveal what? and a big secret, is it? Watch the space. It's not a massive secret, but it, it will be something interesting. And um, and yeah, I would, I would like to do... Um, more media would be great i'd love to do a bit more media stuff i do really enjoy it and i really think it's important to to have a diverse range of people um in horticulture as, as a face of horticulture and and um and i'm really passionate about gardening and horticulture and how it can benefit us and and i want to up you know i want people to realize that gardening and horticulture is a really skilled career and you have to study for years um, yep. and I think people don't necessarily always realize that and so yeah it's a it's great to be able to kind of promote promote it where I can so yeah so who's inspired you Ashley along the way is there anyone in particular that stands out for you um, <clears throat> there's not like any one person but I've met so many people over the years that um, have that passion and and maybe they volunteer at a community garden and have like made a real change in their local community. I think it's the kind of grassroots gardeners that inspire me the most. And especially when I see like younger people that are, are starting it now and doing things like guerrilla gardening. Um, yeah. Like I met 
Um, I did uh, last year at Chelsea. I met Taishan, who um, built the. He he run he he runs a charity called Grow to Know, and they um, build community gardens and improve um, different areas around London. Uh, and his that all started with um, the Grenfell um, tragedy. Um, but yeah, I met him last year, and he was really inspiring because he's doing things like in the community, which I love and getting younger people involved and kids as well so so yeah anyone that does anything like that i'm like yes yeah me too really inspired yeah love all that right i do i love all that and all that sort of like health well-being getting involved doing things in the community i, I went to a conference last august in the states for the cup growing speciality farmers and there were people doing some amazing things mm. both on making compost which i'd never seen before and i learned so much and i just think and then people doing it in car park, growing in car parks, in amazing urban situations to help youngsters out. And I just think there's so much out there that you can go looking for it. And, and Instagram has helped and that we just need to keep looking. Mm -hmm. But hopefully this will get you more media opportunities. So if there's anyone out there listening, <laughs> you can have Ashley on your podcast or you can have Ashley in Gardener's World or Gardener's, yeah, get him on the TV. That would be fabulous because what you're doing is amazing and therefore we need to get it out there more. Oh, thank you. That's and hopefully this will do that part of that. Oh, cheers. And, um, I want to thank you, Ashley, for joining me today. It's been really interesting. I could talk all day and I get very excited about all of that whole horticulture and health and well-being. And and I hope I'm perhaps I'll come over to Stanmore. Yeah, say hello. please do. Yeah, come and visit us. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Say hello. We're not far from me. I'm in Milton Keynes, so we're not far from each other. Yeah. Um, Next time you're in London. Yeah. Lovely to come over. Definitely. I'll show you around. Yeah. I'll put it on my to-do list. I'm actually going to put that on my to-do list now. Uh, Ashley, visit. There you go. And um, yeah, we're so welcome you. There's always tea and cake here. So oh gosh, that, I don't need any encouragement then. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. Thank you very much for joining me. I really appreciate it. No, it's been a pleasure. Right. Thank you. Take care. All right. Bye. I look forward to next week's episode. Please don't forget to subscribe and rate and review on your podcast app. We do have some wonderful free resources on our website at thecutflowercollective.co.uk. We also have two free Facebook communities, which we'd love you to join. For farmers or those who want to be flower farmers, we have Cut Flower Farming, Growth and Profit in Your Business. And our other free Facebook group is Learn with the Cut Flower Collective for those starting out on their flower journey. All of the links are below. I look forward to getting to know you all.